Saludos and salutations, Broncos country, and welcome to another exciting episode of Broncos Talk. I am your host, Adan Diaz, and ladies and gentlemen, if this is your first time listening, welcome. If not, welcome back. Guys, before we get started about today's episode, where we're going to recap the game uh, the Broncos had over the Houston Texans, guys, please make sure you're following me on social media, uh, Twitter slash X, at a 6 foot 10 Mexican. I'm always happy and glad to talk to you guys about anything that's football, sports related, whatever you guys want to talk about, hit me up. Um, also, any business inquiries, you can email at broncostalk2020 at gmail.com. Also, wherever it is you guys are listening to this podcast, it uh, doesn't matter what platform it is, Spotify, formerly known as Anchor, uh, uh, iHeart, I Apple, Google, all those good stuff. Please make sure five-star reviews, notifications, subscribe. Uh, so make sure you turn on those notifications so you get live updates. And uh, I don't know if it's all the same all the way around. I actually don't know how Spotify does it in terms of spreading the um, the reviews and notifications, all that, to be honest with you. Sometimes I get them, sometimes I don't. So if I haven't, I do apologize. Um, but just your continued support is always very, very, very well appreciated and well received. So uh, before we get started with today's show, I just wanted to kind of go over something that's... <laughs> It's not football related. It's not um, related to the Broncos or anything like that. So if you want to skip ahead, um, you feel free. <laughs> but uh, just a little quick rant. Uh, so as you, some of you guys know, I drive for Uber. So uh, recently I got a one-star review the last time I, on the last trip I did, and it was for something that was totally, totally like not true. And I. <laughs> I have a dash cam in my car, so every single ride is recorded, and I was reported for not following directions, allegedly, for uh, safety risk or some shit like that, allegedly, and I forget what the third one was. So, uh, just, uh, I'm not going to bore you guys with the details about what happened, but just kind of quick retrospect, uh, it was about 2 in the morning. I picked up these three uh, women from a bar. They were heading home. I was bringing, I, I, I accepted their trip because they literally live one suburb away from where I was. So they were going to be my last trip of the day, of the night, I should say. And uh, as soon as they got in, before uh, before we took off, they decided to, instead of going to one destination, they were going to go, uh, they split it into three. So they added stops. So I said, okay, that's perfectly fine. You know? So uh, when they did that, Uber rerouted me so instead of taking the the initial route, they made me go a different route. Now, my initial thought was we were going to take the expressway because we were. If you guys live in Chicago, then you know where Lakeview is. If you don't, it's in the it's in near downtown Chicago. It's in that area, and we were going to the west suburbs. So normally you take the the expressway, and uh, it didn't. It made me take the streets. So it was like two in the morning. There's no traffic, and. <laughs> Man, I'm getting up, of course. But to make a sh trying to make a short story short, the lady's father who was on the phone with her, um, I guess was upset at the fact that I didn't take the expressway and I took the, the streets. Now, mind you, these three women the entire time were talking about, they were talking shit about everybody they had just left the bar with, which I, <laughs> a sidebar conversation, I don't know why people do that. Like, why do you hang around people you don't want to be with and you spend your entire night just to go home and complain and bitch about them the entire way home? 
<laughs> like I, I just don't fucking get it. it it's so fucking remotely stupid i'm sorry um but anyway so uh to, to try to speed things up i know i keep saying it but i'm trying to give the short story but i also want to give some form of clarity um the, the 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 one lady asked me if i can take the expressway uh and i said yeah i can but we're making great time uh we'll be in your destination in like nine ten minutes if i have to take the expressway then i have to go all the way to south get on the expressway drive get off the expressway and then head back north to where we were going so we're going to add about 20 minutes to our destination and she said oh no that's perfectly fine i'll even give you a tip if you do it i said okay well i mean if that's what you want to do yeah that's what you want to do um you don't have to tip but <laughs> you know um you're the you're the you're the passenger you're, you're the boss in in a way so i did what they what she told me i drove them all the way to where we need to go and then when we get there there's a car facing the opposite direction of when i was pulling over and he flashed his lights at me his, his headlights so i'm guessing i'm like oh i don't know who it was so instead of one lady getting off at this first stop two ladies got off and as i was uh getting ready to you know go to my next destination somebody taps on my window and it was the the, the lady's father the lady that called the ride initially her father this old old white dude i rolled down my window and he starts kind of giving me a trying to give me a lesson or scolding me in in a way about why it isn't safe for me to be driving three unescorted young ladies uh down in through a chicago neighborhood where he was what he claims it was quote unquote unsafe instead of taking the expressway now <laughs> at the moment while he was telling me this in my mind oh, i wish i could show you guys the video but i can't uh in my mind i'm thinking i'm like i don't have to say nothing to this man because he wasn't part of the ride so i don't have to answer to him at all I only answered to the two women that were in my car and who are currently not. And they got out and they left. I still have one woman left, so I'm gonna go drop her off. You know? So I didn't say nothing to him. I just rolled up my window, went about my business. I made a, a comment to my one passenger. I was like, geez, you know, wasn't expecting to get yelled at to, to, by someone who's not a passenger. I forgot what the fuck I said. But she laughed and she's like, oh, you know, that's, um, that's, I forgot her, what she said, her father's name, the guy's nuts. Or, crazy whatever this man followed me all the way to my second passenger's home i guess to make sure that i dropped her off and as soon as i dropped her off she's like oh thank you appreciate it have a good night okay i said good night and then i was going to cancel the third trip because the, the the other girl got off with the first one and then the, the, the father pulls up next to me and he's like oh you can cancel the trip and i'm like yeah I, I, obviously like i know what i'm doing and I literally had to kind of go a separate way from him to make sure he wasn't following me because I'm like, if this motherfucker follow, keeps following me, then I have a problem. So I went my way, he went his way, I went home, and I thought that was it. And then the following day in the morning, I woke up, I was having breakfast with my parents, and that's when I saw the the, the one <laughs> the one star review. So um, I swear, I'm gonna get to football, but guys, if you're gonna rate somebody, just please use don't don't do shit like that you know if you're gonna rate somebody rate because of something that actually happened not because of some bullshit like that because you can actually ruin somebody's um some uber drivers consider this a, a career you know and it could be detrimental to how they uh make money so i'm just saying and the other thing 
if I knew I was going to get written up, then I sh would have acted a fool because then it would have been actually true and it would have been, I wouldn't have been so pissed off because then I'm like, okay, I did go off the hinge on, you know, then I can apologize for it. But I didn't. I tried to be professional and yet I still got reported. So I just think it's a bunch of bullshit. Uh, Uber unfortunately said there was nothing they could do about it. Something about the, the star passenger rating or some bullshit like that. I forgot what their professional email said. I thought it was a bunch of shit. I think it sucks. Um, but it is what it is. So if anybody out there gets me as a, their Uber driver and they see that one star on my profile, just to let you know, <laughs> it, it wasn't me and I have the videotape to prove it. Uh, unfortunately, I can't show it, but I still have it for some reason. But anyways, guys, let's get to from some Broncos football. The Denver Broncos, as of this recording, are no longer undefeated. The five-game winning streak came to a screeching halt at in Houston against the Houston Texans. Now... There was a lot of hype going into this game, especially since last year the Broncos played the Texans in Denver, and the, but the Broncos were able to get a win out of it uh, in that game. So a lot of expectations were high for this game. There was a lot of, uh, you know, obviously Broncos country was still riding high, the momentum. Yo, also sidebar, shout out to all the Broncos country fans that was out there representing for for Broncos for the Broncos country because man I gotta tell you even as good as the the cameras were trying to make it look like the stadium was quote unquote packed it really wasn't there were a lot of empty seats so the Houston Texans franchise has a bit have a huge issue on their hands in terms of trying to find filler <laughs> which is funny because I excuse me whew, um I swear to you guys. I swear that last year that stadium looked a whole lot more uh, packed. And that's when the Texans were really, really, really bad under Lovey Smith. So I guess it's a little bit ironic. I don't know. But uh, this loss, it, it hurts. It hurts the team really, really bad. And the reason I say that really, really bad is because um, not only did they lose, you know, obviously losing sucks for any team. But this was a uh, this was a statement game that the Broncos needed because you know uh, all the last week you guys were hearing analysts saying you know the Broncos were red hot. Uh, some of them were even on the on the on the fence in terms of trying to say are the Broncos actually little literal contenders? Are they trying to be contenders or have they just gotten through by the seat of their pants in terms of getting lucky? Now I will say that the only game where the Broncos actually got really really lucky in terms of winning was the Buffalo Bills game. Because we know if it wasn't for that flag, the Broncos lose that game. Because Will Lutz missed that kick. And if he doesn't get a chance to re-kick, the Broncos don't win that game. And then we uh, probably wouldn't be having... We'd be having a much different conversation going forward as well as going into the games after that one. So, but that's a different story for a different day. I think that the biggest mistake that the Broncos made was that Sean Payton kind of... Um, let he kind of let the reins off of Russell Wilson a little bit loose, and I say that because uh, I want to take some blame in that. Because if you guys have heard me over the last two three weeks, every time Russell Wilson did started playing, I checked on Charlie. I was one of the first of many people that started complaining, like Russ, you got to throw the ball, you got to throw the ball, you got to throw the ball. And <laughs> aside from those first two passes in the very first in the opening drive, like it kind of reminded me, like, oh shit. <laughs> Maybe this is why Russell Wilson shouldn't be gunslinging it every fucking drive. Now, I will say the first interception by Russell Wilson was totally coincidental in terms of A, it was tipped, and B, 
I mean, great fucking catch by Stingley, man. I mean, most cornerbacks don't don't make that catch or they, they fumble it and, and drop it. And it's an incomplete pass. But he was able to corral it and keep the ball from assisting him in making the catch and all that good shit. Um, but that second one, that second pick and the third pick were all on Russell Wilson. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about it. Uh, that second interception, if you go back and look at that play, if Russell Wilson just takes maybe one or two more seconds, which he clearly had, to kind of see where that play was going, Jerry Judy was wide open. And Stingley just kind of, even though he followed Judy, he curves and jumped the route in front of Sutton. So to me, it looked like uh, Stingley was reading uh, Russell Wilson's eyes. Or he just got lucky when he decided to curve away from Judy. Because even if Stingley goes with Judy, Judy was ahead of him. And Judy just hits the he hits the Jets and he beat and he could beat that double coverage. But unfortunately it wasn't the same. Uh, Russell Wilson is still suffering from that only he only sees like one side of the field type of thing. He doesn't observe the entire thing, or he doesn't give himself time because sometimes he just scrambles for no fucking reason. Um and that's what it kind of seemed like to me. And uh, somebody did tell me that they think that maybe Russell Wilson thought he had a free play, which is why, because, you know, it was a really, really close snap. I mean, I thought they were going to get flagged for a false start. And initially, I thought that maybe I thought the same thing. I thought that maybe Russell thought that he had a free play. You know, maybe uh, the defense jumped off sides or neutral zone infraction or something like that. But obviously, there were no flags on the ground. There was no initial call that said that, hey, Russell... This is a free play, you know, go go nuts. In which case, I would have went with Judy anyway. But it just goes to show you that the one issue that Russell Wilson still kind of has is the fact that he's not letting his, he's not playing through his reads completely. You know, it kind of, and the reason I say that is because he, he's kind of like me and Madden. Um, I've never actually, I don't think I've ever live streamed myself playing Madden if I did. Uh, you notice that I make the exact same mistake that he does, which is probably why I, I suck at it. And that's normally that I follow my one wide receiver and I don't look at my entire field. So I don't get to see all the play sometimes because I usually run the exact same plays all the time when I play the computer. And most of the time I get lucky, but sometimes I don't see the coverage, uh, the coverage right or I don't read it and I get picked off or it's an incomplete pass. So that's uh, that's the thing that I think Russell Wilson still kind of has. And it really sucks because I'm pretty sure I've said that on the show that a guy with his veterancy should not be making those types of mistakes. Like if it happens like once in a blue moon, it's understandable. But it seems like every time Russell Wilson wants to sling the ball and do this type of shit, it just happens. And in this one, I mean, the worst that could have probably happened was that Stingley, you know, kind of bats it and it goes up in the air and maybe neither Sutton nor him can make the, uh, he can't intercept it and Sutton can't catch it and the ball just kind of falls flat into the ground and it's an incomplete pass. But Unfortunately, that's not what happened. I mean, again, Stingley uh, made an, uh, an exceptional, exceptional interception catch. Uh, also, sidebar, my boss, if I'm not mistaken, he went to school with Stingley's dad. So he's really good friends with him. And he was actually there uh, last year when Stingley made his start in Denver. So um, he's, he's really good friends with him. And he showed me uh, a Monday morning when I saw him a picture that Stingley actually kept the two footballs that he intercepted. And I'm guessing he's keeping every intercepted ball he catches and he even labeled them. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's a nice keepsake for him to have. Uh, 
you know, kudos and props out to him for playing a really, really good game. And uh, and that third interception, <laughs> I mean, th- th- that one was just, that one was bad. That one was really bad. And the more I watch it, the more I kind of like, like, I don't know. I just kind of rolled my eyes in the back of my head because I'm like, Samaje Piran was wide open. He could have literally walked into the end zone with it and the Broncos win that game. And uh, I've heard for different analysts uh, opinions on it from different podcasters out of from Broncos country. Uh, shout out to all you guys for all the great work you guys have been doing all season, by the way. Um, and it's just basically that uh, Russell Wilson threw the ball too far in the back and the tight end um, was basically he if the tight end doesn't walk all the way to the back of the end zone then the secondary doesn't have that much time to kind of you know get get close to make a play uh, so I guess it's each and each and every other each one's fault to a certain extent but um, I gotta agree with Broncos country because a lot of people said the same thing like it was third and goal like that ball did not have to be forced into the end zone you still would have had enough time to uh, make him another play. Maybe if he throws it over his head, maybe he can force a, a you know, get a flag, pass interference, uh, you know, take the ball at the one and you just run it in, and that's the game. Uh, but one other thing that I think was pretty crucial, and it was a big gamble by the Broncos, and I think that was the, the, the fact that they were eating up time. Now, I do get that, um, that they were eating up time because they didn't want to give the ball back to C.J. Stroud, but at the same time, it's a it's a really big gamble, and it it was one that came back to bite the Broncos in the ass, so to speak. Because had they not done all that, then they probably could have had another chance if they would have you know forced them to take a kneel down, you know maybe punt the ball. I mean, it could have been a different, a whole different scenario. And I get it, but when you look back on it, it was kind of like ah, you know, like <laughs> sometimes that game. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it was just me with that mentality. I don't know if you guys felt that way. If you do, hit me up on Twitter slash X. Let me know. Add a six foot ten action and let's talk about it. But uh, this was a game that, and I know I've said this already, and I'm going to say it again, that the Broncos needed to win. Now, the Broncos aren't mathematically eliminated, so it's not that dire. Uh, also, sidebar, all these people that are talking about Mac Jones being considered to come to Denver next year, no, no, <laughs> forget all that shit. You know, you can, you can stop that right now. Don't even, that shouldn't even have been a fucking thought. Okay. <laughs> there should be nobody, especially Mac Jones from that Patriots team that should even be sniffing around coming to Denver next year. They have their own problems. They have their own issues. Let them deal with it. Um, but it does bring into question what the Broncos should do with Russell Wilson. Excuse me, I had to get a quick, quick drink. And uh, the reason I say that is because up to these five games, Russell Wilson was hot. You know, his numbers were good. His his uh, in, his ratio, interception ratio, whatever the fuck it's called, was really good. And I think that the that the announcers jinxed it because they kept talking about it during the, the, the start of the game. And it almost felt like, oh, these motherfuckers are trying to put some bad juju or something out there. Or maybe they knew something that we in Broncos country didn't know. I don't know. But going forward... And I was asked this by a couple of people the last two days since since this game was, does this change anything about the Broncos' uh, management dealing with Russell Wilson? And uh, shout out to my guys over at MHRT because I was listening to their, their podcast before I started recording. And um, 
I heard my good friend Mundungus was saying that uh, basically the Broncos are better off just dealing with Russell Wilson because his contract is his contract, and I totally agree with him on it. If the Broncos decide to go in the draft and get another person, if they don't decide to stick with Stidham, which I don't think so because they paid Stidham a lot of fucking money to be a backup, in my personal opinion. So it looks like Stidham's probably going to be the guy unless they decide to move on from him and they decide to take a quick cap hit. I don't know. Or they draft a quarterback uh, later on after 2024, maybe 2025 per se, if one's not available in this year's, in next year's draft. I mean, whenever it is. But right now, the Russell Wilson contract, it's its already done. You know, uh, 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 George uh, George Payne uh, already did it. And it, it, what's done is done. So I still say, and I'm agreeing with my friend Madonna's here, that I think that the Broncos should just stay with Russell Wilson next year. Just regardless of what happens from now till the end of the season. Now the Broncos have five games left. Next week they face the Chargers. Then they face New England. Then they face the the no, I'm sorry, the other way around. Next week they face the Chargers. Then they face the they face the Lions. Then they face uh, New England at home. Then they face the Chargers again, and then they close the season out against the Raiders. So the only other tough game left on that schedule is that Lions game. And so far the Lions defensively have looked very susceptible, and they almost came close to losing their game this past week against New Orleans after being up 21-0 and everybody thought that was going to be a stomp. So um, we're going to talk about the Lions game next week after this coming game with the Chargers and that's going to be a really, really interesting conversation, uh, by the way. But you might as well go with what you have. Cutting Russell Wilson next year or any year where the dead money hit is really big is not worth it. It really isn't. So... Denver already made their bed with, with Russell. They have to lay in it. That's pretty much what it is. We see that there is that the Broncos have an identity, and we see what's there with, with what Sean Payton can do. Now, Sean Payton just kind of has to find out what to do with Russell in terms of how far he can push him without pushing him too far. This game against the, the Texans, now I will say Corlin Sutton did, it was really bad that he didn't make those two catches initially because if he does, we'd be talking a whole different story possibly. Also, Russell Wilson not seeing Jerry Judy a wide fucking open where he could literally just moonwalk into the end zone. I mean, these are all issues that Russell Wilson, or I'm sorry, Russell Wilson, that Sean Payton is being paid a lot of money to fix. So every single issue that, that Sean Payton sees Russell Wilson do, he needs to bring it up to them and say, hey, this is where you fucked up. We need to fix this. This is where this didn't happen or this messed up. We need to fix this. And for the last five games, we see that whatever the tutelage or whatever Sean Payton is doing is working, you know? And this game was just a setback. Now, I will say that there were a lot of players in this game from Broncos country that were uh, a, a letdown. The secondary for, <laughs> from Denver was a huge, huge, uh, it was disappointing. They got, they got burnt uh, by Nico Collins. And if Tank Dell doesn't go down, I mean, it could have been a whole, it probably could have been a whole lot worse, which also sidebar, shout out to uh, Tank Dell. Sorry you went down with a season ending injury, man. I hope you're okay. Hope everything works out for you. Uh, you know, I never want to see any player get hurt, regardless of who they, they play for. You know, and this year, 
Uh, there's been a lot of injuries, mostly to quarterbacks. But, um, <laughs> like, if you look at the, the lineups for next week, like a whole bunch of games that when you saw week one or during the preseason when the schedule was announced that you couldn't wait to see around this time. And fast forward to now, it's mostly all backups, man. <laughs> it's mostly all backups playing or, or teams that you thought were supposed to be hot or dominant, that they're struggling to find uh, their identity or, or what it, whatever it is. So this coming Sunday's matchups, aside from our Broncos versus Chargers game, there's going to be a lot of uh, people that are <laughs> probably not too many. <laughs> oh, man. But anyways, uh, Russell Wilson has to play better. And he has to fix those mistakes that he made. And I didn't see, I didn't see his presser at the end of uh, this game because I was kind of I was pretty bummed out that the Broncos had lost, that they weren't undefeated, uh, that the winning streak was over. So, so I, and I did hear from other people that uh, told me that uh, Sean Payne did take his... See, that's the one thing I do like about Sean Payne is that he's not afraid to take jabs at people that deserve it. You know, last year, Nathaniel Hackett couldn't take a jab at Russell Wilson if he wanted to. It was, in his mind, it was kind of like Vance Joseph. Uh, practice went fucking great type of thing. And But Sean Payton, he, he doesn't care. He, he called out Russell Wilson and said what he needed to say, you know. Um, but going back to our secondary, uh, Alex Singleton, man, it, it, it's it's getting real. It's getting hard, man. It's getting hard kind of like I, I get it. You Your stats were pretty good in this game, not going to lie. The, uh, the run D, the run game, the run defense was playing, was praying, praying, playing, blah, playing much better. But then again, the, the Texans don't really have a, a really, really good running game to begin with. But still. They did what they had to do. They limited the damage that C.J. Stroud has been known to do to other teams of uh, equal or lesser, lesser caliber of the Broncos and holding him to just one touchdown to uh, one rushing touchdown by the defense. It was one of those bend but don't break type of moments. Uh, uh, McMillan, man, <laughs> he got burned by by Nico Collins, man. It wasn't even, it wasn't even close. That whole secondary... There seemed to be some confusion between uh, uh, P.J. Locke and Justin Simmons in certain times in terms of coverage, where it was just kind of like, bro, like what the hell are you guys doing out there? You know, uh, P.S. Two going down with a, a injury was a really, it was a bit of a, it was a really big scare, but thankfully he was able to shake it off and come back, and he didn't look too uh, too limited out there. He looked like the P.S. Two that we that we're so used to seeing, you know, but. Uh, uh, you know, it was pretty. It was pretty much gonna be soon where we knew that PJ Locke was gonna have like one game where things just gonna weren't gonna go his way, and this one was basically it. So hopefully, it's his only one where things didn't go his way. Hopefully, he can stay uh, profound and stay true and be that really good player that we've seen him be for two more games until Kareem Jackson comes back, and then. Uh, Hopefully Kareem, if I'm not mistaken, I think Kareem is eligible to come back. Uh, I've said this before. He should be back by the Detroit game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, because he, he went out for the Minnesota game, so that's one, two, three. No, I'm sorry. He'll be back for the New England game. The Detroit game will be the fourth game of his suspension. So Kareem Jackson will have to try to play some clean football for three more weeks before... <laughs> 
so he doesn't get suspended in case our Broncos are able to secure a playoff spot in the wild card round. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, this is a team that's come back around and they're hungry and they've shown it. Yes, they made mistakes this past week and yes, there's a lot of stuff to clean up and especially going back to the drawing board type of things. But it's, it's really amazing how far this team has come from week one or weeks one through, what, what did I say, like five or six maybe since the Jets game? Where it just kind of looked like the, the Broncos were one and done. They were one and four. Maybe even the Kansas City game because the Kansas City game, the Broncos were one and five at Kansas City week six. And then that's when the, the, the winning streak started after that. So it's just amazing how much this team has come back. Their resiliency and the fact that it was kind of like a never say die type of thing, you know? So, and they gave Houston everything that they had. So this wasn't anything. And unfortunately, while they didn't come off with a loss, and it was an actual miracle that the Broncos didn't drop down in rankings. I thought that they were going to drop down like five, six spots and they were going to be in the 20s again. But in most of them that I've seen, they've dropped like one or two. So uh, thankfully, the analysts or the powers that be realized that, you know, it was a tough battle. And uh, uh, even though they lost, they're still it's still in the thick of things. The only thing is, is that now the Broncos need a whole lot more help in terms of trying to make it into the wild card. They need a lot of help going down the stretch. The Colts are starting to kind of be the team that's back on the mend after beating the Titans last week. And um, unfortunately, they, the Broncos are going to hopefully not have to deal with that tiebreaker against Houston because obviously they'll lose that one now. But they do have a tiebreaker over Cleveland. And I forget who the other one was. Uh, Buffalo. Yeah, they have one over Buffalo. And ladies and gentlemen, for the first time since, uh, what was it, 2015, 2016, around there, the Broncos are like nipping at the heels of the AFC West standings. So the Chiefs are in a bit of disarray. And the Broncos are, man, they're like so right there. And they can literally, they can, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a bit of a stretch. I know it is, but they can, if the Kansas City Chiefs can continue to struggle and they continue to lose games, they can take the division. That's not out of it. And that's not delusional. <laughs> okay. Because I had somebody tell me that today when I made that comment to them as I was going some over some notes to, over today's episode. And they kind of looked at me like, yeah, it sounds a little bit far-fetched. Like, like I'm stretching. I'm like, no, man, I'm not stretching. Like, it's a possibility. And had the Broncos actually won this game with the, the Chiefs losing to the Packers, of all teams, then the Broncos would be, what, just a game behind, if I'm not mistaken, or whatever. They'd be, they're still close to the Chiefs, don't get me wrong. And I think that the Broncos' schedule favors them more, the remaining schedule anyway, favors them more than what Kansas City has left on the field. And basically, the prediction that I made last year about the Chiefs about you know losing Tyree Kill, it just took a year for that to come to fruition, because <laughs> that's exactly what uh, is going on with the Chiefs. This is, and this is a sidebar. They are really they're they're in a hole, man. They're they're feeling the, the stress of you know defending champions. Uh, Travis Kelsey is a little bit too much in love right now. He seems to be more concentrated about what Taylor's doing or or, or thinking that being the Travis Kelsey that the Chiefs have you know grown to to know and love. 
uh, because to be honest with you, Travis Kelsey hasn't had a really, really great game except for maybe what? I mean, you could probably say the, the last game against the Raiders, but his best game so far has been the one against the Bears where he actually put up uh, like 30-something points. And yes, it was the Bears, and the Bears are not a good team this year, but still, like the, that was the type of uh, uh, of, um, of gameplay that especially fantasy owners were expecting to get from him when they drafted him uh, in the, I want to say mid the mid round <laughs> I don't know if anybody actually selected Travis Kelsey first uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if they did because his last year I mean the, the man was putting up crazy points him and Patrick Mahomes so which reminds me another sidebar uh, unfortunately I was not able to uh, make the playoffs this year uh, I think this is my first time ever having a record this bad uh, I didn't make any trade because I stuck to uh, I was being hard-headed, I'll admit. I, I, I felt that I could get by with the team that I had, and I couldn't. Uh, losing Nick Chubb really, really hurt. Uh, I had Aaron Jones as well. Aaron Jones had, had only one great fucking game, and that was week one. And the rest of the time, he was garbage. Uh, DK Metcalf, another player who was fucking garbage for me. Last week, I decided to bench him because I thought I've had, not only had I had enough of him, but I thought that the Cowboys defense was going to shut him down just like every other wide receiver the Cowboys defense has run into up until then and then he goes off for 30 something points and for a time and I'm going to start him this week and this week the the Seahawks face the Niners and even though it doesn't mean anything to me in terms of playoff implications for me he's probably going to go off and shit the bed probably give me like 5-10 points at the most probably I don't know (laughs) just goes to show you man uh, my fucking luck and knowledge of the game when I think I know or I think I'm doing the right thing, sometimes it just comes back to say, whoop, you don't know shit. <laughs> um, so, uh, aside from that, the, the, the biggest, and this is another point before we move on to the game, looking forward to the Chargers. Another point that was made by a lot of people over the last day and a half, or two days I should say, is the fact that when the Broncos defense does not get any turnovers, the Broncos offense has not been able to when they're when they're chasing a lead, they're not able to take a lead. And that's worrisome. That's also another thing that has to change. You know, now obviously uh, the Broncos did force a fumble, but they weren't able to recover, even though I could have sworn that it was PJ Locke that landed on the ball, but I guess upon further review, a Texan recovered the ball. And then I guess while they were cleaning up the pile, PJ Locke just happened to come up with the ball. So but had they been able to recover that, um, you know, maybe we would be we'd be having a different conversation. Maybe the Broncos win that game, or maybe if Russell doesn't throw three interceptions uh, with that third one, just the ball being forced into the end zone. I guess he was either trying to make a play or draw a flag. I don't know what Russell Wilson was doing in that one, um, but uh, it just kind of need it just kind of needs it shows you like that the offense is is. It's getting better, but it's not there yet. And if you're going to try to make it to the playoffs, then you need to kind of find a way to get there fast. Because as we've seen, as good as this defense has turned, has made the turnaround, and it can be, it if they can't force a turnover, then the Broncos' offense has to say, "Hey, look, man, if you guys can't give us help us with a turnover, then we got to take matters in our own hands." and put up those points and turn it around where if the defense can't help you get a lead or, or, or yeah, take the lead, then the offense has to go out and take the lead themselves 
and put the pressure on the defense to keep that lead. You know, kind of flipping it around, which is football 101 logic for almost any team, I guess you can say that, uh, for in terms of, you know, trying to go out there and play the game that is football and trying to win a football game for your respective team. But for the Broncos especially, because the last five games, all those turnovers have put the Broncos offense in great um, position for scoring points, whether it was a touchdown or a field goal, without turning the ball back over to the opposing team. So that's something that also needs to be uh, worked worked on. Uh, going into the, this game against the Chargers, as we segue into it, uh, <laughs> if you guys, uh, I, I have I haven't even seen the highlights for that Chargers um, Chargers Patriots game, but just from the simple fact that I was reading through social media, hit me up on X at slash Twitter at a six for ten Mexican dial, uh, by the way. I mean, the the Chargers won what six to zero. They barely won by two field goals. Like you could almost make the argument that you wouldn't know if Justin Herbert played or not. And if I'm not mistaken, Quinn Johnson, rookie wide receiver, had another uh, botched catch. I guess I don't know if botched is the right word, but just the drop pass. And uh, it's not he's not looking very good right now compared to all the other rookie wide receivers. They got drafted that have uh, put up better numbers than him so far. So, uh, <sighs> this is probably the one team that I think the Broncos can sweep since, you know, they've already lost one to the Raiders and they went one and one against the Chiefs. And hopefully, week 18, they can beat the Raiders or what's left, whatever's left of them by then. And, but the Chargers have always been that one team where the Broncos they can sweep and beat and just for the simple fact that uh the best player defensively for the chargers obviously is khalil mack and khalil mack out there he's kind of struggling a little bit without joey bolsa because uh he's not there to kind of help him uh beat the the coverage oh by the way um offensive uh, kind of going back before uh, see that's what i almost forgot forgot to write in my notes I actually made notes this time <laughs> Uh, Will Will Anderson just terrorized that right side of the, the, the line, man. I mean, if he wasn't lining up against McGlinchey, he was lining up against uh, 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 Garrett Bowles, I believe. And both, I mean, Garrett Bowles, it was kind of disappointing because we saw what he did against Miles Garrett. And even before Miles Garrett got hurt, Bowles was holding his own. So it was kind of, and McGlinchey, I mean, that man, <laughs> I don't know what it is about the Broncos and these right tackle, like still continue to be its Achilles heel. But the fact that they went out there and, and paid Mike McGlinchey all this money and he's going out there and just being vulnerable and making Russell Wilson continue to scramble to his left almost every other fucking snap. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> There's got to be a really good right tackle out there, either in the draft or in free agency, that the Broncos, once they can safely move on from McGlinchey. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm trying to think. The worst play I saw from McGlinchey last year when he was a Niner was during the playoffs when Micah Parsons literally flipped him on his ass. And maybe that should have been a sign of things to come. 
or maybe the Broncos front office when during free agency, maybe they didn't see that. I don't know. But McGlinchey is one of those. It's like, man, you're paying. If I had to guess, I think he's the highest paid player on that offensive line. So I could be wrong, but I know he got a big fat contract, which is why he decided to come to Denver instead of staying with the Niners last year. So he, he just needs to play better, man. He, he really does. And, you know, Russell Wilson, for some of those plays, he was scrambling for his life where he had to settle for him getting sacked. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. But I, I feel like if, if, if the Broncos are going to be in the playoffs and they want to be playoff contenders, then they're going to need their offensive line, especially their two tackles, to play much better and not just kind of coincide and say one day one week you're going to play really great and then the next week you're going to play like shit. Like, no, man. That's got to be consistent, man. <laughs> Especially that right tackle and those two tackles. They're getting paid a lot of money. I know Garrett Bowles, it wasn't his best day out there, but it wasn't as bad as McGlinchey's. <laughs> so, uh, back to the Chargers game. Justin Herbert is not as invincible as he was probably made out to be. Especially with Brandon Staley and that just kind of like that entire coaching staff just kind of starting to crumble and crack as we go forward. And I honestly believe that when the Broncos, because I'm going to say when, not if, when the Broncos beat the Chargers, if it's not, the only thing I will assume in prediction, if, if it's not this coming Monday, it will more than likely be the Monday or the day after the next round two with the Chargers when the Broncos win again, prediction, that Brandon Staley gets fired. I don't think that the Chargers are going to wait until Black Monday uh, to fire him. If they do, it'll probably be just, just be for them to try to get the best uh, position in the draft, uh, which is what you can say about almost any coach that's still has a job by then before the firing start for those that don't make the playoffs uh but i i just i just have a feeling i honestly do and and so far the broncos they they got uh ken dorsey fired from the bills after after they beat him so and he was an offensive coordinator but the bills thing that was a whole different thing ken dorsey was more of a scapegoat uh so the bills have their own issues Especially going on with a certain Super Bowl MVP. But uh, this is a winnable game. And it's on the road. So the Broncos need to go into SoFi. Because they need a statement win. And they need to make it here. Because the following week they have the Lions. And the one thing that the Broncos cannot do is they cannot lose this game. Go into the standing 6-7. and seven, And put even more pressure on this team to try to get a win against the Lions because the Lions are going to be the team to beat. If the Broncos can get past the Lions well first the Chargers and then the Lions and start a two game winning streak those last three games against New England the Chargers again and then the Raiders man they're looking real good they're looking real good man uh, I think the margin of error for the Broncos now is one, if I'm not mistaken. I saw a lot of people say that the Broncos can afford to lose one more game. Not that they should, but they can afford. But then they're going to need a lot more help in the standings should they lose another game. If they lose two games, then that's pretty much, they're pretty much sunk. Uh, they would need an extreme amount of help by then, I would say. But then probably not enough. Anything short of a 
Christmas miracle <laughs> for them to make uh, uh, the playoff spot because that last wild card, I mean, you look at those standings, folks, it is really close. And I can't remember the time where it was like almost every game for all those teams that are in the hunt, so to speak, where it's like so close. Usually you get like a close game between like three, maybe four teams, but now either AFC or NFC, like it's a close tight race. Even teams that are at, I think I saw that the Bears technically are still in the running in the NFC. So they can go on a five game winning streak. They could probably make a playoff run. <laughs> as long as you're not mathematically eliminated yet, you know, hey, like that line in Dumber Dumber. So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> also, as of this recording, the Carolina Panthers are the first team and to be officially eliminated from the postseason with uh, a very, very sad record of one. 11 which is kind of crazy because every time i see uh youtube trying to promote me to watch uh, cam newton's podcast which i'm not interested in by the way i don't know why they keep pushing that shit but <clears throat> every time i see cam newton it kind of just reminds me of just how great the panthers were uh what almost 10 years ago eight nine years ago how long it's been since cam newton was just lighting it up and you know the panthers were where they were starting to look like a playoff team. They were in the playoffs until they, you know, went to the Super Bowl and got demolished by the Broncos. And then after that, Cam Newton just kind of fell, started to fall off a hill after until eventually the Panthers were, were, were done with him. So it just goes to show you that it's a fragile league, man. It really is. Uh, but the Chargers can be, they, they can be beat. And I think the Broncos will beat them because I think the Broncos are going to go in there mad as all hell as they should be and they need to not make the mistakes that they made against Houston to keep coinciding with them being made in uh, uh, SoFi and the first one being Alex Singleton keeping your head on your cool not putting your team in a bad uh, pad, pad in a bad spot and losing your cool like you, you have to stay cool man you have to know when somebody's trying to trigger you or trying to force you to do or say something where they know that the you know the ref, the referees are watching and if you do something stupid like that you get flagged and what should have been uh you know maybe a field goal or something turns into a first and goal or a first down or whatever so you know that that's being one of them uh i think the secondary this this past week got humbled humbled very well uh and they, they just kind of need to they, they need to pick up the slack. Now, I will say Austin Eckler has not had a really, really good game so far over the last couple of weeks where, you know, he just ter been tearing up the field. So hopefully that doesn't start this week against Denver. I hope that run defense stays tough as they did against the Texans. Uh, and they just they just need to basically they need to get at the quarterback. The one thing that the, the pass rush, to me, in certain games, the pass rush has been excellent, has been great. And in certain times, it feels like uh, the pass rush takes for too much time to get to the quarterback. And that's something you cannot give uh, Justin Herbert. You cannot give him time in the pocket. Keenan Allen has always been a thorn in the Broncos' side. And if you, if you give him too much, kind of like Cortland Sutton, they're both almost the, the same wide receiver in the in the in, in the regard, and this is my personal opinion, where if you give them a little bit too much time, they will, you give them an inch, they'll take a yard type of thing. And so far, Carlton Sutton 
uh, up until last week has just made, or was it the week before? Yeah, the week before against the, the, the Browns has just made just fantastic catches. And last week was no exception. I mean, that catch was not as spectacular as his previous ones, but it was a really good catch because he caught it in the end zone and he gave the Broncos life and hope in terms of them trying to make a comeback and win that game. And it just needs to, like I said, this needs to be a statement game. This game needs to be a W, a w in the win column because basically they laid out all the air and all the momentum and everything out of Broncos country. So this team has to reinflate all that, rebuild all that, and start from scratch. Start a new five, try to start a new five game winning streak. And unfortunately, it won't be able to extend any more than that. But hey, it will be a great, it will be something great to talk about, you know, if they are able to get another five game winning streak going. And it's possible. They, like I said, they have one big roadblock left, in my opinion, on the road uh, left out of these last five games. These other games are totally winnable. And if the Broncos can stop from shooting themselves in the foot by making those mistakes, then they're actually will. And to be honest with you guys, I think that uh, Sean Payne is probably going to pull the reins back on Russell Wilson. I don't think that we're going to see the gunslinging Wilson that we saw last week. I think that he's probably going to have him play kind of... <laughs> and although I, I, I don't like to say check down Charlie, but I think we'll start getting some more of that. Just for the simple fact that uh, uh, it, that Sean Payton cannot deal with another three-interception game and basically have the same outcome where the Broncos lose by a score type of thing. This is a divisional opponent. Div divisional games are always so much tougher because it's an opponent you've been playing. You play twice every year. You know, like the back of your hand. This isn't one of those we see each other once every so many years because we're in different conferences or in different divisions. You know, it's, it's nothing like that. It's, this is the same old uh, Broncos-Chargers rivalry that we as Broncos fans have been used to. And hopefully Broncos country comes out and shows up again like they did last week uh, <clears throat> in Houston. And if I'm not mistaken, I think the last time the Broncos were in SoFi, it wasn't to face the Chargers. It was when they were facing the Rams which was the Christmas massacre of last year. I could be wrong, but if it's not, if it wasn't, it was definitely in December. And so hopefully that bad memory doesn't hold back or doesn't discourage any of the Broncos players. Hopefully they're hungry for a win from last week is what I'm trying to say. Hopefully they keep that energy and momentum going. And like I said, this needs to be, and I keep saying it because I'm trying to hammer it into you guys' heads. <laughs> This needs to be a statement game, all right? I want to come back out here next week and talk to you guys about how the Broncos won this game and how I'm predicting that they're going to win this game. And we can talk with a little bit more confidence and a little bit more base in our voices and we can do our strut that we've been doing. Well, maybe not so much strut, but a little bit, you know, a little bit prideful walk, I guess you could say, <laughs> as the Broncos... Uh, rev up to go to Ford Field next week. Uh, but anyways, guys, that's going to do it for today's show. Hopefully, I've been able to answer any and all of your concerns or ideas. If there's anything that I missed, please feel free to hit me up on social media, on, slash, on x slash Twitter, at the 6 foot 10 Mexican. I'm always happy and down to talk about anything at all, things football. 
Uh, for any business inquiries, you can email at broncostalk2020 at gmail.com. Wherever it is you guys listen to on this podcast, please make sure you hit that thumbs up uh, button. If there's one, click that button that says notifications. Uh, is it notifications? Or, or subscribe, sorry. Subscribe so you get notifications of when episodes go live uh, up uh, or get published and go uh, live. And also five-star reviews are always welcome. If there's a five-star review that you left and I didn't see it, please let me know. Uh, message me and show it to me and I will definitely, definitely uh, shout you out for it. And I'm always grateful. And again, thank you guys uh, for all your continued support. I know you guys hear me put that out on social media every time I upload it. But uh, uh, you guys just, <laughs> this is the part where I know I, I gush and I probably do it a little bit too much, but I don't care. Uh, but you know, there's some of you guys that uh, I don't even know how to say it because it's unscripted. But coming from the heart, you know, guys like Chris Hernandez who message me and they tell me we actually talk a little bit about football. Uh, maybe not as much as I'd like to sometimes because I know he's busy. But the fact that you guys take the time to sit and you know listen to these podcasts or have to deal with my shenanigans of when the podcast doesn't go live and then I have to wait a whole week and then it gets combined with another one and then. Uh, you know, it's like that shit happens type of thing. Um, I don't know. So, uh, but thank you guys so much, really. And uh, I do have some plans for next year. Um, it's more of a New Year's resolution. And I guess I'll share it with you guys here. It's it's not for sure like done deal type of thing. And I'm but I'm pretty sure I've said it on this show once or twice before. So I might be re- repeating myself, but. I am planning on starting to do a live show, kind of like what the format was uh, at the aforementioned uh, MHRT, which by the way, shout out to all the podcasters out there. Please make sure you like and subscribe all of them, show your support, you know, keep Broncos media and podcasting alive, strong and well. They could definitely use your support just as much as I appreciate yours. Um, So. I'm still trying to figure out a format. Obviously, I don't know how to do all that fancy stuff that you guys seen before when the show was live on the air before. So it might be like a whole reduced <laughs> type of thing. So I might not have a fancy intro. It might just be three, two, one, and there's my ugly mug for a whole hour, and then me waving goodbye, and that's it. So, uh, but I am trying to reach out to uh, somebody or anybody who can help me in terms of maybe making one and kind of learning the ropes. Um, and when that launches, I have no idea. I want to say maybe if not next month, January, maybe February after the Super Bowl. So that way it can kind of help me, you know, kind of learn the things and learn the way as we find topics to talk about, you know, in that kind of like that dry period at the end of the 2023 season that leads all the way up to free agency and then the draft. And then obviously schedule release and then training camp and all that good stuff leading into the summer. So still working on all that. I don't know when, like I said, there's nothing completely concrete, but if I do figure things out and I do get a release date or, you know, launch date or whatever, you guys that listen to this podcast will be the first to know, I promise you. And I hope that your support will be, you'll be able to continue to support me um, (laughs) in that, um, transition to live now obviously i will still upload for those that cannot uh attend the live shows if there's anyone watching anyway 
<laughs> so that show will uh, up be uploaded uh, to uh, audio version. So that way, those of you that cannot or are unable to attend the live show can listen to the show after the fact. But then again, you can mostly do that with almost any podcast that you uh, aren't able to see live. But anyways, guys, that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you guys so much for listening. Sorry for all the rambling. Um, but don't feel discouraged, Broncos country. Don't feel discouraged. This is a loss, and it was a hard-fought battle. It's an unfortunate loss at that. These Broncos are down, but these Broncos are not out of it yet. There's still fight in this team. There's still a lot of heart in this team. And thankfully, we have a coach like Sean Payne that's not going to let anybody bring us down. And I'm pretty sure that he's going to take us back to where we belong. Yeah, at least that's because that's what he's being paid to do. <laughs> so, anyways, guys, aside from that, thank you guys so much. Have a good night. Go Broncos. Let's ride. Woo!